Hello beloved and welcome to our today's episode of the Gospel Teaching. I am yours in love, Josephine Hills. Kindly remember to subscribe to our YouTube channel so that you can be able to be receiving the videos when they come new. Also find me on Facebook, Josephine Hills and Josephine Hills Ministries so we can learn some more. So thank you for joining us and I pray that your heart is ready to receive of the gospel truth. I thank God for the Holy Spirit who is here teaching us and revealing us Christ to us. And I thank God because I know this truth will not leave us the same. Our minds will be renewed and our lives will be transformed and we shall be able to, to transform other lives as well. So welcome, sit down, let's learn. I love you. So today I want us to learn about something very wonderful and special that will actually renew our minds and give us freedom. So today's topic is the law of sin and death versus the law of the spirit of life in Christ. I read again, the law of sin and death versus the law of the spirit of life in Christ. And I will take you directly to Romans chapter 3 which introduces to us these two laws. Romans chapter 8, sorry, not 3 but, but 8. Romans 8 verse 3. Okay, Romans 8 verse 2. It says, for the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made me free from the law of sin and death. So this is where we are introduced to, the, to two laws. There's the law of life, there's the law of death. There's the law of, there's the law of sin and death and there's the law of the spirit of life in Christ. So I want us to begin from here so that we can be able to understand what the law is. Also from here we'll be able to understand what the law of Moses is and how it came and what was its purpose. So now the law let's begin from the law of sin and death what is the law of sin and death now i'll take you back to genesis when god created man he created a man without sin he created a man without life even though he was breathing he was a living soul we studied about that in our previous teaching i hope you've watched it the the life-giving spirits versus the the living soul so God created a living soul, but this, this living soul did not have sin. Amen? So what is the law of sin and death? This one will help us to understand what is the law of sin and death. So the law of sin and death is, is, is the law, or rather the nature that brought sin. The law of sin and death is not the law of Moses. In fact, the law of Moses came as a result of the law of sin and death. Without the law of sin and death, the law of Moses will never come and it will never even have been needed. So what is the law of sin and death? The law of sin and death was the law that resulted to sin, the sickness of sin or the virus of sin, which resulted to death. So which is this law? I'll take you to Genesis chapter 2. Genesis chapter 2. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Genesis chapter 2. This is the very time, you know, many times when you mention the word law, the first thing that comes into many believers' mind is the law of Moses, that of do not commit adultery, do not sin, do not covet. That is what people think of as the law. But then there is the law of sin and death. Now, when it comes to the law of Moses, this law of Moses was given to Israel. So if, only, if God was to impute sin on the account of the law of Moses, the only people he could impute sin on was Israel, not you, because God never gave that law to you. You were never at, at Sinai when Moses was receiving the law. But then we know from Romans chapter 5 that through one man, 
sin entered the world. Sin didn't enter through the law of Moses. Sin entered through one man. So to understand sin and even to understand the law of sin and death, we have to go back to this one man. And this one takes us to Genesis chapter 2. Let me show you. Genesis chapter 2 verse 16. After God created man, after God created everything and gave man dominion to reign over that earth, there is something that God did. God gave this man a command, which is a law. Genesis 2.16, and he says, And the Lord God commanded the man, saying, Of every tree of the garden you may freely eat, but of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil you shall not eat, for in the day that you shall eat you shall surely die. So this is the law of sin and death. Why? Because this law has come to reveal to man what sin is. At this point, what is sin? The sin is the disobedience of not keeping this law. And what is the product or what is the fruit of this sin? It is death. So this is the first time that man was ever made aware of the consequences of his, of his disobedience or his action of disobedience. So this is the law of sin and death because we know from the story after this what happens is that this law is broken. Man disobeys. Man eats from this tree. And after that, what happens? He acquires the knowledge of good and evil. So the law of sin and death is this law that brought sin alive. And when sin was alive, death came. Now, let me show you something else in Romans. Romans chapter 7 verse 14. Very important to understand what we just read in Genesis. Romans 7 14. Romans 7 verse 8, something very important that Paul says, But sin, taking opportunity by the commandment, produced in me all manner of evil desire. For apart from the law, sin was dead. So before God ever gave this commandment to man, sin was there, but it was dead. So the only way sin could come alive in man is by breaking of this law. Why? Because sin was transgression of the law. So by man disobeying this law, by man transgressing this law, this is how sin came. That's why it's called the law of sin and death. The law of sin and death is the law that, it, it is the law that brought the nature of mankind, the nature of knowing the good and evil. So the law of sin and death is the human nature. Remember, it is after Adam disobeyed that this sinful nature came upon him. Initially, Adam was always in the presence of God. He was naked and he was not aware. Adam even had the wisdom of God being able to, to name all animals. Adam did have even fear with living with all these animals. So Adam was always in the presence of God, you know. But now a law comes and this law reveals, you know, this law changes Adam's nature. Amen. So Adam disobeying this law, his nature changes. He becomes a different person. He's not running away from God. His consciousness is now changed. He's now seeing good and evil. He's running away from God because now he's made aware that he's naked. Who told him he's naked? It is this law. So the law of sin and death is man acquiring the human nature. Man acquiring the ability to tell between this is good and this is evil. That is the law of sin and death. Amen? We will see about it in the end. Now, there is the law of Moses. You cannot mention the law of sin and death and not mention the law of Moses. Now, from Eden, we now see a man that has acquired a different nature. The nature which God didn't create him with. 
the nature that is able to see evil and good. So we are seeing now the law of sin and death is already at work in this man. There is a law in man that is always guiding him and telling him this is good, this is evil, do this. You know, there is already a, a law at work in him. Remember, God didn't create him like this. Now we see the law of Moses coming. We, we remember how the law of Moses came. God chose a people for himself called Israel and through them he brings some laws, you know. And why was the law given? Paul tells us very well in Galatians chapter 4. Galatians chapter 4. You see, unless man was shown that he had a weakness, that he had a problem, that he had a virus, you know, that he had some, some sin in him and then that he needed a savior or he needed help to eat, man would never need a savior, you know. It, it's, it's the same way in Romans chapter 7 when Paul teaches up, about us about the law. He says, you know what, how could I ever know that adultery is sin unless a law came and told me, do not commit adultery? How could I know that taking that which is not mine is sin unless there was a commandment given to me telling me, do not steal? So why did the law come? Let's read it together. Let's read it together in Galatians chapter 3, verse 19. Galatians chapter 3, verse 19. And actually, Paul says, what purpose then does the law serve? He says, it was added because of transgressions. Till the seed should come down, <coughs> sorry, <coughs> till the seed should come to womb, the promise was made, and it was appointed through the angels by the, <coughs> by the hand of the mediator. Here we know the mediator was Moses, and we know this ministry of the Old Testament was there angels ministration we'll learn more about this but for now i want us to understand the purpose of the law so the law came to reveal transgression transgressions the law came it says the law was added because of transgression so the law came to reveal sin the more you give the law to people the more you reveal that which they acquired in them through the law of sin and death remember this is the law of moses the law of Moses is coming because there is already the law of sin and death. By the way, without the law of sin and death, the law of Moses would never have come. Even men would never have known what is sin unless there was a sinful nature in them. So the law of Moses has come to reveal to men that there is transgression in them. There is sin living in them. There is a problem in them that needs to be fixed. The law of Moses has come to reveal to men that you know what, indeed, you have really fallen of the short you have really fallen short of the glory of god and you need help you need a savior without this law men could never need a savior if you if you see how paul explains it in romans chapter 7 it, 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 you know this flesh gets to a point where it is crying out who will save me you know i'm sold under sin but then this is where we know praise be to god for jesus christ who came to save us from the law of sin and death who came to save us from the to save Israel from the law of Moses so the law of Moses came to reveal sin and he didn't leave it there after revealing sin then there is the promise of the seed who is to come and to solve the issue of sin amen so you understand there is the law of Moses and there is the law of sin and death the law of Moses came as a result of the law of sin and death also, I have made it clear, and I believe this is the easiest way we can understand. The law of sin and death is the nature, the human nature, the nature of the flesh, the sinful nature. 
That's why Paul makes it very clear in the same Galatians chapter 5. I love this scripture. It, it cuts, you know, the word of God is a double-edged sword. It cuts asunder between the spirit and the flesh. In Galatians chapter 5, through the law, of course, through the word of God, we are able to rightly divide between the law of sin and death and the law of the life of Christ, the law of the spirit of life in Christ. In Galatians chapter 5 from verse 19, there's something important here that Paul writes to us. Now the works of the flesh are evident, which are, so what, are, what do I mean when I say the works of the flesh? When we say the works of the flesh, now we are introducing the human nature. We are introducing the law of sin and death. We are introducing what became of the created man after the law of sin and death came. We are introducing what became of man when the virus, let me call it a virus for now, this, the virus of sin came upon him. Before Adam disobeyed God by eating from the tree that he wasn't supposed to eat from, before that, there was never all these things. You see, these things we call adultery, these things we call fornication, these, these things we call selfishness, they were not there. That's why Adam wasn't even able to know that he was naked. Ad Adam was just this, this being that was in the presence of God, this being that had no knowledge of good and evil in him. But you see, immediately he acquires the knowledge of good and evil. We start seeing some differences. This is why even as the story goes on, we come to see Cain killing Abel. So where are all these things coming from? These things are as a, as a result of the law of sin and death that Adam acquired when he disobeyed God. So the law of sin and death is the human nature. It is the flesh nature. And the flesh nature naturally manifests the works of the flesh. This is why Paul writes to us, as you were reading, which are adultery, fornication, uncleanness, lewdness, idolatry, sorcery, hatred, contentions, jealousies, outbursts of wrath, selfish ambitions, dissensions, hearses, envy, murders, drunkenness, the list goes on and on. So what is Paul trying to tell us? Paul is telling us there is a nature in man that makes man to behave this way. This is where we go wrong when we start calling these things sin. No, these things are not sin. Sin came when man broke the law that they first given to him in Genesis. Sin came when the law of sin and death came. Sin was already there. These are not sin, sins. These are symptoms of, a, of, a, of sin. Actually, let me call it so. Let me say, sin was the virus that came when man disobeyed the first law of God. Now, this things that many people call sin, they are the symptoms of that virus. These are not sins. These are the works of the flesh. The flesh is what man acquired. That nature of the flesh, the fallen nature of the flesh that rebels against God, it is the nature that man acquired when he disobeyed the law of God. So these are symptoms. These are the signs. These are the evidence of that nature. The flesh always works this the, the flesh always manifests this. So this is the nature of the flesh. I believe now we understand what is the law of sin and death. I believe we understand how it came. I believe we understand, you know, that the law of Moses came to reveal the, so, the law of sin and death. Without the law of sin and death, the, the law of Moses would never, would never be needed. What for? You know, it came to reveal sin. How could it reveal sin when the sin was not there? 
you understand so to to judge man a sinner you need the law of sin and death that's why it is written through one man adam sin entered the world so to judge man a sinner you need this law we'll see what happens to it now i want us to look at the the other part the law of the spirit of life in christ let's go back to romans chapter 8 chapter 8 and read those scriptures that we just read romans chapter 8 verse 3 where we were rightly divided romans chapter 8 verse 2 for the law of the spirit of life in christ this is a law has made me free from the law of sin and death we have understood the law of sin and death now let us come to the law of the spirit of life in christ now when man fell it didn't end there the seed came the lord came you know the the body of sin came and it got rid of man's mess we started about that so now there is something that happens here this man who fell this man who fell short of the glory of god now we see this man being created anew we see this man being born again we see this man now being completed in christ remember even though adam in the garden was sinless he was never complete and even paul says he was a typology of who was to come who is christ man is only complete in christ now when man hears the gospel which we know how people get born again and believes and god seals him with his holy spirit and becomes born again now man becomes he is no longer under the law of sin and death but under the uh, under the law of, of the spirit of life in christ now let me say this when we were under the law of sin and death that is where death reigned no wonder it is written death reigned from adam to moses does it reign anymore no it cannot why because the law of sin and death was fulfilled on jesus body what we have is the law of the spirit in life in christ now whenever we say men are sinners or men are are you know they are sinners and they need to be saved we we go wrong why because it takes the law of sin and death to judge a man as a sinner but it is written here we've been made free from the law of sin and death there is only one law that is at work which is the law of the spirit of life in Christ and when we use this law to look at mankind we'll only end up with two kinds of people those who are dead outside of Christ in that they died in the body of Jesus and those who were alive in Christ now when you believe the gospel when when you know colossians 1:13 says what we pass from death to life now how does this happen passing from death to life means passing from the law of sin and death to the law of the life of Christ of the spirit you cannot be under the both laws you cannot the, the two laws cannot work in you the, the reason why many people are still living as if they are under the law of sin and death is because they lack knowledge That's why I said the reason why many people still work the flesh the reason why you see so many things happening in this world and you call sin is because people are lacking knowledge when a believer receives the knowledge of his identity they will not manifest the flesh that's why the law of the life of the spirit of Christ is the is the spiritual nature like we said the law of sin and death was the nature of the flesh Now this time the law of the spirit of life in Christ is the spiritual nature is the nature that you become when you get born again is the nature of the new creation That's why if we go back to the same 
to the same gospel of Paul in Galatians chapter 5 where he rightly divided between two kinds of people we just read the first one which is the human nature and we saw the evidence of the human nature he continues ahead to say from verse 22 remember we already read this one of the nature of the flesh which is a result of the law of sin and death he says in 22 but the fruit of the spirit is love joy peace long suffering kindness goodness faithfulness gentleness self control and against such there is no law he just said it very clearly against such there is no law so now when we are told of the law of the spirit the law of the spirit is the nature of the spiritual man the law of the spirit is the nature of the new creation the law of the spirit is the nature of jesus christ himself The law of the spirit now is the man that was in Adam or the man Adam who was a living soul. Now this time having received the spirit, now he is a complete man. He is the man in Christ. So the law of the spirit is the nature of the man in Christ. The law of sin and death is the nature of the man outside of Christ. Remember, the law of sin and death was fulfilled. We'll see about that. Yet people are still living as if they are in this law. Why? Because they lack knowledge of this truth. It's like I always say, when you remove, you know, when we remember when God delivered Israel from Egypt. We remember they were still complaining. They were still having the Egypt mentality. He delivered them from Israel. He delivered them from Egypt, but they had a responsibility of delivering their mind from Egypt. Many believers are already delivered from the law of sin and death, but they still have the mind You know they still have this mind of the law of sin and death. Now, let me give you a good example. When 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 and this one even happens in our real life. You remember the story of King David and there was a woman called Bathsheba. She was just washing herself. She was just doing what everyone else does. That's how it was in those days. So she's just taking her bath. She's a married woman. She's probably in a home and that's how they take their baths, maybe in the open. So King David happened to be just walking around and what happened he saw her he saw her and what happened the law of sin and death that was at work in King David it aroused the sinful nature it aroused let me just say this the the nature of the flesh was aroused towards Bathsheba do we say that Bathsheba was was a criminal do we say that she was wrong to take her bath do we say that that she you know she was in sin or anything no but she was doing what she always does is the same way with today's life we are always doing what we, we do you know people are always living their lives but then there is there is the knowledge of sin and death that is pushing men to do things contrary that is pushing men you know to do that which they really are and for as long as man is not born again for as long as man is lacking the knowledge of the truth of the identity in Christ they will always be you know they will always surrender to that law of sin and death even though the law itself as at now has been fulfilled men will always surrender to it amen people of the world always say knowledge is power i love that quote because even in the kingdom of god it applies the knowledge of the christ the knowledge of our identity in christ is power because it sets us free from the works of the flesh Jesus said you shall know the truth 
and the truth shall make you free. Jesus didn't say fast and pray for 21 days and you, you will be free from that addiction or go and, 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 and be prayed for, or for for people to lay their hands on you and you'll be free from that addiction or from that works of the flesh. No. Know the truth and you shall be made free. When we know that the law of the life of the spirit in Christ has freed us from the law of sin and death, surely even sickness can never have dominion over us. The works of the flesh cannot have dominion over us. Depression, despair, anxiety, they cannot have dominion over us. Why? Because these things were as a result of the law of sin and death. These things only works in the flesh. These things only work in the human nature. But you must know, you're not just human. You don't just have the human nature. You just, you just don't have the flesh. You just don't have the body. You are born again of the spirit. The law of the spirit of life in Christ is at work in you. The law that reveals your righteousness. The law that re reveals of your eternal life which is by faith in Christ Jesus. The law that reveals you as a son of God who is holy, who is blameless. You know, who is perfectly in the presence of God. This is the law of the life of the spirit in Christ. Beloved, we are free from the law of sin and death. Remember, this law that God first gave to Adam that was broken or disobeyed and then resulting to a broken Adam or a fallen man or a sinful man, it is from this law that death came. And death, death comes in so many ways. It is from this law that sicknesses came. It is from this law that poverty came. I always take you back to, to the book of Exodus where we see how, you know, Exodus and Deuteronomy to see how the law, the ministry of the law was working in Israel. You remember, they would be given a law and for each law, keeping it resulted to a blessing. Failing to keeping it or disobeying it always resulted to a curse. So curses was a result of the law of sin and death. Every curse you see on this earth, when I, when I see curse, I mean the breaking of a law. That's why you see sicknesses. That's why you see poverty. That's why you see all manner of death and evil. This was a result of the law of sin and death. But this law was fulfilled. So if we are seeing these things, it's because people are lacking knowledge. And that is why we preach the gospel. That's why we preach the truth. That's why Paul himself testifies in Romans chapter 1 verse 16 and 17 that he is not ashamed of the gospel. Why? Because the gospel is the power of God that saves. And he says it is in the gospel that righteousness is revealed, is revealed from faith to faith. The only way we will see righteousness in men, the only way we will see you know, the goodness in men is if we preach to them the gospel. There is no any other power, there is no any other knowledge that will ever reveal righteousness in men except the gospel. That's why when you preach condemnation, when you tell people that is sin, when you tell people flee from sexual immorality, when you tell people that is adultery or that is what, you are just killing them. And, and actually they become more and more of what you are telling them. They will become more and more of what you are denying them. Remember. This is the same thing that God did. What did God do? He told Adam, don't. The day he told Adam, don't do this, it is the day that Adam did that. So we don't, again, preach the same thing. We don't tell men, don't do this. We don't tell men, don't wear that. We tell people of the gospel. We tell people of who Jesus is, his finished works. Of believers, we tell them of who Christ is to them. 
when we preach the gospel, when we preach the law of life, you know, of the law of the spirit of life in Christ, we see men becoming alive. We see men manifesting Christ. Isn't it written? Righteousness is revealed in the gospel from faith to faith. But we want people to be righteous. We want people to overcome the things of the flesh. But we don't give them the gospel. We give them condemnation. How can a condemned man, you know, manifest God, manifest Christ? It is impossible. When we preach condemnation, we are just jailing them more. People who are already jailed. We are just giving them more bondage. People who are already in bondage. But if we reveal to them Christ, what he did of his love, of his righteousness, of his finished works. You know, we just see people coming out of their shells, people coming out of their guilt, people coming out of condemnation, people coming out of the works of the flesh. Knowledge is power. How much more the knowledge of Christ? How much more the knowledge of he who rose from death? How much more the knowledge of the spirit who rose Christ from death? That's why we preach the gospel. That's why we preach grace and truth. In Titus, when Paul was writing to Titus, let me show you. Titus, you know, I love this scripture because this is why we preach the gospel. Paul writes to Titus in Titus chapter 2 from verse 11 and he says, For the grace of God, for the grace of God that brings salvation has appeared to all men. What is this grace that brings salvation? It is the gospel. It is the finished works. It is Jesus Christ. He says, teaching us that denying ungodliness and worldly lust, we should live soberly, righteously, and godly in the present age, looking for the blessed hope and glorious appearing of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ. What is Paul saying? Paul is saying, the grace that leads to salvation has appeared to all men. This is the gospel we preach. He says again, it is this very grace that teaches men to say no to ungodliness. So many times we take the work of grace upon ourselves. We start telling men, flee fornication, flee sexual immorality, stop stealing, stop lying. You know, we are taking the work of grace. And this is where we fail. Tell a man, do not steal. They will go and do it tomorrow because there is that law that, that works the flesh in them and they will go and do it. But if we teach people about the grace, who is Christ? If we teach people about the Holy Spirit and they believe in the gospel and they receive the Holy Spirit, who is, will be in them as the grace of God, the Holy Spirit himself will teach them to say no to ungodliness. It is not our work to teach men to say no to ungodliness. It is the work of the Holy Spirit. It is the work of grace. Grace is Jesus Christ personified, who is now the Holy Spirit living in people. The best gospel, the, okay, not even the best gospel, the only gospel we have to preach to this world is the gospel of the law of the spirit of life in Christ. Remember, men are dead. In the body of Jesus, all mankind died. You cannot again kill that which is dead. You can only give life to it. That's why in John chapter 5, Jesus says, a time is coming when people will hear the sign you know, the sound of the Son of Man and those who are dead will come out of their graves. What is this sound? You know, many of you are seated there waiting for a trump. Many of you believe a time will come and you'll hear the trump. Boo, boo, the end time is here. No, the trump is not like a horn. 
the trump is the gospel that we are preaching because by faith in this gospel the dead are being raised to life by faith in this gospel people are leaving their graves and joining heaven by faith in this gospel people are turning from death to life from darkness to light the trump is the gospel we are preaching the sound of the son of man is this gospel we are preaching which is grace and truth grace is what jesus did truth is its reality being revealed to you now you believing in it now it comes alive in you this is where now grace begins to teach you to say not to ungodliness the law of sin and death we have seen is the law that came that that broke adam from the god the adam that god created the law of sin and death created another adam it created a man that fell it created a sinful man it created a man that that used now begins now to run away from the presence of god now the law of the spirit of life in Christ is the law that fixes man is the law that completes man is the law that frees man the man who was condemned the man who Paul was explaining in Romans chapter 7 that you know what I'm sold under sin even when I want to do good there is a law at work in me that makes me do evil even when I know adultery is you know when I know this is not me in adultery there is another law at work in my members that causes me to do just exactly that which I should not do that was the law of sin and death but now when we receive the knowledge of what God did to the law of sin and death which you know that he condemned it in Jesus body when we know that we are no longer under the law of sin and death but rather free in the law of the spirit of life in Christ we walk in this freedom that's why it is written the lord is the spirit and where the spirit of the lord is there is liberty believers are supposed to be walking in this liberty it is this liberty that sets us free from the works of the flesh It is this liberty that Jesus said, you know what? You shall know the truth and the truth shall make you free. There is never liberty where there is no truth. You need the truth to walk in liberty. That's why we preach the gospel of truth. That's why we preach the finished works. Amen. So how was the law fulfilled? We know in the same Romans. Let me just show. Now that we already understand. Now that we already understand Now let's begin from here. Now that we know that the law of sin and death was now the nature that man acquired after disobeying the law of God which is now sin. When we know this and in our previous studies we saw what happened to sin. You remember we saw that sin was condemned in Jesus body. So was the law. Remember in this case now we are talking of the law of Moses. The law of Moses was also condemned on Jesus body. Now let me show you about the condemnation of sin. In Romans chapter 8 verse 3 it is very clear for what the law could not do in that it was weak through the flesh God did by sending his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh on account of sin he he condemned sin in the flesh the law of sin the law of sin and death resulted to the human nature the nature of sin remember Jesus bore man Jesus that's why he was called the last Adam Jesus bore sin. Jesus bore that which we call the human nature. The nature that we saw Paul telling us about in Galatians chapter 5 that results to to this kind of what people call sin, the works of the flesh. Jesus bore that nature, condemning it to the cross. So, the law of sin and death was fulfilled. How? Jesus became Adam. Jesus became sin. So that was the fulfillment of the law of sin and death. Step 1. 
Step two, the law of Moses was also fulfilled on Jesus' body. Let me show you in, in Ephesians chapter 2. We look at it in two scriptures. Ephesians chapter 2 verse 14. Let's begin from 14 to 15. For he himself is our peace, who has made both one. Who is one? Who is both being made one? Remember, there is the man. There is, you know, mankind began from Adam. All men came from Adam. So there, and then there was these people to whom the law was given. These people are called Israel. Now, when the law was given to Israel, this marked them as being a different people from the rest. So when, when, God, when, when Paul is talking about two being made one, he talks about the Jew and the Gentile. He says, and has broken down the middle wall of separation. What is the wall of separation? The only thing that separated a Jew from a Gentile was the law. The only thing that made the people of Israel to live separately, not to marry other people, not to associate with other people, or even not to, to even have a normal life with them. We can see them especially in the stories in the, in the Old Testament was the law. Remember, it was the law that even made them to circumcise. But these other people were never getting circumcised because to them the law of circumcision wasn't given. Probably they were not even aware. <coughs> So the only alienation, the only separation, the only wall that was between Jew and Gentile, the only thing that made them to be non-Jew and you Gentile or outcast or dogs was the law. Now we are told Jesus broke down the wall of separation. This is a very powerful point. Jesus breaking down the wall of separation therefore involves Jesus taking away the law. Why? Because it was the law that separated these two men, this Jew and this Gentile. And it continues to explain, having abolished in his flesh the enmity that is the law of commandments contained in ordinances so as to create in himself one new man from the two, thus making peace. I hope you got that clear. There was, a, there was a, a wall of separation. There was, an, there was something that separated the Jew from the Gentile. It's not because the Jew was taller than the Gentile. It's not because the Gentile was darker or even yellow or green. It was the law. The fact that God gave his law to Israel, it set them apart. It made them to be different. It made them to behave different. It made them to, to stay away, to stay apart from the entire world. So it is written now here that Jesus came to break down this wall, which meant him abolishing the law, the commandments. You know, if this law is what made this Jew to be, to be not a Gentile or a Gentile not to be a Jew, let me demolish it. Let me bring it down. So from abolishing this law, from demolishing it, which we know he fulfilled it in his body. Now Jesus creates a new man. A one man for God. Now this is the man where Paul says in Galatians chapter 3, there is no Jew, there is no Gentile. We are all one in Christ. The new man, the new creation, the believer, the son of God. The son of God has no, we don't have, we don't have, you know, you cannot explain us in terms of the country we come from. You cannot explain us in terms of the law of the Jews or the Gentile. The son of God, the new creation is as Christ is. Amen. Let me show you again another scripture of the law being fulfilled. Let's go to Colossians chapter 2. <coughs> Colossians chapter 2, the same 14. Let's begin from 
14, he says, Having wiped out the handwriting of requirements that was against us. Let me break down this. The handwriting of requirement that was against us. Remember, there was only one handwriting that was against men. Which one? Do not eat from this tree. The law of sin and death. The law of sin and death that was given to Adam was the handwriting that was against men, as in the entire mankind. Now, there was another handwriting that was against the people of Israel, which is this, the law of Moses. So, Jesus fulfilling the law, he fulfilled both the law of sin and death and the law of Moses. When you study the scriptures, you must rightly divide. You must see where you come in. You were never in the law of Moses. You were never a Jew. You are never in Israel. If there is any law that was at work in your member or in your body, was the law of sin and death, the law that was given to Adam, through whom sin came into the world. So he says what? Having wiped out the handwriting of requirements that was against us. I want us to rightly divide this completely. Kindly understand. When you see a handwriting that was against you, you must really search the scripture. Which one was it? Was it in Adam or was it in Moses? Definitely not in Moses because you're not a Jew. The, the one for, that we can say was against them in terms of that is, can only apply to a person that is in Israel and Israel. Amen? Which was contrary to us. And he has taken it out of the way, having nailed it to the cross. This is what Jesus did to the law. The law of sin and death, the law of Moses. This is what Jesus did to it. And we have said the law of sin and death was the nature of the flesh, the nature of the fallen man, the nature of the man who now had the ability to know between good and evil. Jesus bore it out. Jesus bore sin on his body. Jesus bore the law of sin and death in his body. Jesus bore the law of Moses on his body. That's why in Galatians chapter 3, chapter 3 verse 19, Paul makes it clear that you know what? He was made a curse. So Jesus bore the curse. Jesus didn't just, just bore the, 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 the law of sin and death, of the sin nature and ended there. He uprooted everything that pertained to the law of sin and death. The works of the flesh, everything. The sicknesses, the poverty. Everything that is not of God, Jesus uprooted it. It was nailed on his body. Why? Because this thing came as a result of the law. Enmity between God and man started when the law came, the law of sin and death. So Jesus fulfilling this, he removes the enmity that is between God and man. That's why Jesus is the mediator between man and God. Only Jesus, no, no any other else. So Jesus fulfilled the law of sin and death. When we understand that the law of sin and death was the nature of sin, or the man of sin, or the sin itself, we understand that Jesus, you know, fulfilled it. Why? Because his body became sin. Jesus fulfilled the law of Moses. When we understand that the separation that was between the Jew and the Gentile, the separation that was between these two people that made them to be Jew and this to be Gentile, Jesus destroyed it on his body, which is what? The law of Moses. Now, the only law at work now is the law of the spirit of life in Christ. When Jesus resurrected, he meant that, you know what? This is the end of the reign of the law of sin and death. That's why we hear that. That's why it is actually written that the de death only reigned from Adam to Moses. Why? Because it is in those days that the law of sin and death was at work, which was actually made stronger by the law of Moses. 
Now, the law of sin and death having been fulfilled, there is only the law of the life of the spirit of Christ that is at work. That's why when we look at men, we can only see a person that is dead and a person that is alive. The man in Christ is the man alive. That's why it's called the, living, the, the, the life-giving spirit. The man outside of Christ is the dead man, is only a living soul. So by knowing that you who believes in Jesus Christ, who is alive, you are a life-giving spirit. By the preaching of the gospel, we give life to the dead. We don't again stand and start judging them that you are a sinner. You have done this and that, you've fallen short. That is not true. They are just dead. And that's why dead men work the flesh. When, when a dead person has a smell, you cannot compare the smell of a dead body to the smell of a living body. The living body has a, has a living smell. That's why the believer, the man in Christ, the life-giving spirit is the fragrance of Christ. That's why we manifest the fruit of the spirit. That is the nature of the spiritual man, the nature of the new creation man. Now, the man that is dead is producing an odor, which is now what we call the works of the flesh. You know, the, 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 the sexual immoralities, the hearsay, the drunkenness. All these are just smells, odors from dead people. Now, you cannot go to dead people and start beating them up because of the smell they are producing. You are not helping them. You are only making it worse. First of all, as a life-giving spirit, give life to the dead man. Give them life. That's what we do when we are blowing this trump. That's what we do when you're preaching this gospel, which is, which is the trump. Men come from the grave. Men come from death. And when they begin knowing themselves as born of God, as Christ, they begin manifesting the fragrance of Christ. They begin manifesting the, the spirit, the, you know, the fruit of the spirit. Beloved, even the reason why you see Many believers in sickness, perishing in sickness, the cancer, the, the, the TB, the hypertension, the HIV. It is because in your mind, there's still the law of sin and death at work. The day that will come to the knowledge that, you know what, I am free from the law of sin and death. You know, when you are free from the law of sin and death, it means death has no power over you. Sickness has no power over you. Poverty or any curse of the law has no power over you. When you become alive in the law of the spirit of life in Christ, then it means the only one who has power over you is the Holy Spirit. It is Christ. You are alive. You are healed. You are prospered. As Christ is, you are. The day that will come to this knowledge is the day that will overcome these small things, these carnalities, these sicknesses, these problems. Is the day that we shall overcome. Sons of God, what we are lacking is knowledge, nothing else. God has given birth to you anew. God has created you anew. God has given you, you know, all that pertains to life and godliness. God has given you all spiritual blessings in Christ. Wait, I didn't even finish. God has given you himself. The spirit of God dwelling in your body means God has given you himself. If God is truly living in you, why do you manifest the works of the flesh? Why are you perishing in that sicknesses? Why are you perishing in that fear? Why are you perishing in that, you know, in, in that virus or those things that you call problems, in that poverty? Because we lack knowledge. That's why God says, my people, they perish. 
for lack of knowledge. He didn't say my people perish because of poverty. He didn't say my people perish because of sicknesses. Why? Because he knows by freeing you from the law of sin and death, he has already freed you from any curse that pertains to the law of sin and death. That's why Jesus bore your curses. So he knows the only thing you are lacking is knowledge. Dear son of God, the only reason you are masturbating day in, day out, the only reason you have no control over your flesh, you are sleeping with anyone, anywhere, the only reason you are drinking until people are coming to collect you unconscious, the only reason you are doing that which is contrary to your nature of Christ is lack of knowledge. What you are doing is not sin. What you are doing is ignorance. What you are manifesting is ignorance, lack of knowledge. And when you receive this truth, when you receive this knowledge about your new creation identity, when you receive this truth that you know what, as he is, I am, you will begin manifesting your identity. You will begin overcoming these works of the flesh. You will begin overcoming those masturbations and those things, those drunkenness. A son of God is meant to thrive and reign in the gift of righteousness and the abundance of grace through one man, Jesus Christ. The moment you begin walking outside of Christ, which is now your knowledge or your identity, you begin to manifest what is not of Christ. If you want to manifest what is of Christ, then put yourself in Christ. Get knowledge. Wash your mind. As a man thinketh, so is he. Wash your mind with your true identity. You will begin manifesting that indeed you are free. Indeed, the law of the life of the spirit is at work in you. It's an error when a living man is smelling like a dead man. It's an error when a person that is born again is again working the flesh. I didn't say that you will be perfect. There are days that we work the flesh. It is, it is only normal for as long as we are still in this body. But it is another thing when the flesh has power over you. It is another thing when you have addiction, you have no control. It is an error. It is not you. Now, the man that is born again, the man that is alive in Christ, we just read, has self-control. Yes, the flesh is still in you. There is this, the law already, even though the law is dead, the flesh is still in you. That's why it is written, I no longer live, I died. It's Christ who lives in me. Yet, Christ is living in me in this body. But you see, for me to overcome this body, for me to overcome the desires of this flesh, for me to walk in the spirit, I need knowledge. I don't need God to come and save me again. God has already saved me. God has already freed me from the law of sin and death. God has given me his Holy Spirit. Through his Holy Spirit, I have self-control. So what do I need? I need to put on the new man who is renewed according to the image of who created him. For as long as, even though you are born again, yet you are still walking in the nature of the old man, you still manifest the works of the flesh. The truth is, all the works of God concerning your righteousness is finished. All that you need to live a godly life is provided. Everything you need is already in you by the Spirit of God who is in you. What you need now is knowledge to work out. When Paul writes to us and tells us, work out your salvation with fear and trembling, this is what he meant. He meant what? Take hold of a new identity. Take hold of the Christ in you and manifest him. Walk by the Spirit, not by the flesh. Walk by faith, not by sight. Be led by the Spirit, not by the desires of your flesh. That is what it means. Beloveds, 
we are free from the law of sin and death. The law of the life of the Spirit of Christ is at work in us. That's why we cannot be sick. That's why we cannot die. That's why we cannot be defeated. We have overcome this world. It is this law of life at work in us that makes us to overcome. It is this law of life in us that gives life to our mortal body, not the blood. That's why you cannot be sick. It doesn't matter what report you are given. For as long as the law of the spirit of life is at work in you, sickness has no power. Death has no power. That's why even if you sleep right now and we bury you, we are expecting to see you again. The man that is walking in the law of the spirit of the life in Christ will only manifest life. That's why you speak the gospel. That's why you, you walk in the newness of life. That's why you are doing signs and wonders for God. That's why you are raising the dead, even the physical dead. The only way we can do the greater works is if we renew our minds and submit to the law of the spirit of life in Christ, where we are now by faith. Your nature is a new creation, the new man in you, your renewed mind. That is now what it means to walk in the spirit, to walk in the law of the spirit of life in Christ. That is where we are. You know, when, when, when Paul was writing to the people of Romans and telling them, you know what, sin will have no dominion over you because you are not under the law but under grace. This is what it meant. The law of the spirit of life in Christ is the grace, is the law of grace. It is grace. Grace always gives you power. The Holy Spirit always teaches you to send out ungodliness. This is the law where we walk in. We walk by the spirit. We don't walk by the flesh. Our victory is in the spirit. The victory of the church is in the spirit. The victory in the gospel we preach is if we preach it by the spirit. The many reasons you see why people who call themselves pastors or men of God or sons of God preaching carnality is because they don't even know that they are no longer under the, work, the law of sin and death. They are in the law of the life of the spirit of... They lack knowledge. They, they, even though they are spiritual beings, they are still trying to fit in and being human beings, walking like human beings. The moment you put yourself as just human and you want to, 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 to understand God casually and to represent him casually, that's why you preach carnality. That's why you tell people, stop wearing this. You become a fashion designer instead of a preacher of the gospel. We preach Christ. We give to people freedom, which is in Christ. We are dispensers of life. We are life-giving spirits. Amen? I believe that's enough for today. If you have any question, kindly feel free to write to us on Josephine Hill, Josephine Hill Ministries. My number will be down here, so you can be able to write me on WhatsApp as well. I'm here for you. Let us learn about our identity in Christ so that we can really do the greater works that Jesus said we shall do. That is our only responsibility. Wherever you are, I just want you to know that you are blessed. You are free for the spirit of liberty is in you. Enjoy your freedom, your freedom in Christ. You know, you are the fragrance of Christ. Keep manufacturing more fragrance to Christ by knowing the truth and walking in it, by knowing your Christ identity and walking in it. You are blessed. You are favored. You are a son of God. You know, you have overcome this world. As Christ is, you are. Enjoy your day. In Jesus' name, amen.